Thank you for downloading this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA. Today we have two current MBA students, Priya Shah and Kia Kavusi, who've just come back from a one-day trek to London to visit several social impact organizations. Um, first, Priya, let's start with you. Tell us a bit about what you did before the MBA. Thank you, Conrad. So before the MBA, I was actually working at Bloomberg as an equity analyst uh, for three years. Um, I was looking at earnings estimates and um, the entire sort of uh, equity market in the UK and in Europe. Um, I then wanted to transition into um, a more business development role that would look at fundraising, sponsorships um, at a think tank called Asia House, which I then focused on developing my thought leadership expertise on the social impact sector um, in South Asia. Just before coming to the MBA, I worked as a consultant for six months at IntelliCap, which is an impact investment advisory firm located in India, um, where I was able to work on different projects on impact metrics and uh, focusing on the agribusiness segment. Uh, I was working in corporate finance for a few years in Australia. Um, then I moved into, um, that was with uh, uh, Goldman Sachs and Macquarie Group. And then I moved into a mid-market uh, private equity firm. And I was also volunteering at uh, community legal centers and doing various social campaigning work. Um, and I guess, you know, I wanted, while I enjoyed the business side, I wanted to kind of bridge the gap of commercial and social. Um, so this area of social innovation and social entrepreneurship is a, a natural fit, I think, in combining those two areas for me. So you and a group of students visited five organizations in the course of a day. What were your considerations when you were planning this trek? I guess one of the first things we considered was having a variety of sectors in the social impact space. Um, primarily because it's quite a broad sector and um, it's an area that's emerging and it's still getting a lot of traction. Um, And so we wanted to give um, our fellow students a feel of the different um, subsectors and the different players in the industry. And secondly, I guess we wanted to give our fellow students more of a first-hand experience and sort of being out of the classroom and having that um, uh, experience and exposure to leading organizations and particularly for people that have considered this sector but wanted to have more of a you know, first-hand understanding of you know, what's involved and what's, what it's like working in that sector. I think also in addition to that, um, a lot of the students are currently trying to map out their careers. Um, it's February. It was February when we scheduled the trek, so um, most people were planning for their future internships and future roles at that point in, in the MBA. Um, and also we were sort of looking to cater to the high demand um, and high appeal of social innovation in the class. So many people had shown an interest in this space, um, either through their previous experiences or through learning through the MBA. And what we know is that many businesses nowadays, for-profit, Um, Large companies, consulting firms, banks, they all value this focus on social impact and environmental knowledge and experience. So the five organizations that you visited all had um, a different angle that they were taking to to the issues you mentioned. So let's start with uh, Unilever. What did you learn about Unilever's uh, CSR policies? Sure. So Unilever is one of the world's largest consumer goods company, and uh, they have a very strong focus on sustainability. So that's mainly characterized by their sustainable living plan, which essentially sets out for to sort of challenge three goals. Um, one is uh, to improve the health care, health and well-being. Uh, the second is reduce environmental impact and source sort of um, natural agricultural materials sustainability, uh, sustainably. And then the third is to enhance the livelihoods of people 
people across their value chain who they're impacting. So they do, they try and achieve all of this at the same time as sort of um, uh, increasing their positive social impact and also working on in, in embedding this into their overall corporate strategy. Um, what we what we most um, sort of were interested in is, is the environmental impact and also the social impact. So looking at employability across the supply chain, um, the way that they work with, um, you know, human rights groups, skilling, diversity, and community building as well. It's important to note that Unilever were very um, clear in um, looking at this sustainable living plan as a win-win um, strategy that's consistent with the Unilever Group's broader corporate strategy, and they talked about a virtuous cycle. And that's how we often sort of look at this um, sector, that it's not just a either-or, win-lose situation. It really is a win-win um, approach in the commercial and the social. And so the virtuous cycle that they discussed was, firstly, um, you know, if they put promoting sustainability-led growth at the center of their um, uh, growth strategy, that will then de-risk and reduce waste and lower costs in terms of the products that they sell and in the various end um, markets that they, um, that they sell to, which then feeds into having more investment into sustainable innovation, collaboration, which is either through R&D, marketing, um, various sort of new technologies to then spur the growth of next um, stages of sustainable-led growth, which then creates that virtuous cycle. And one important um, way to apply all this was we actually had a case study. So when we got to the Unilever offices in London, we um, applied this um, model um, through a case study, and the case study was on disposable nappies, which is one um, of obviously Unilever's um, many consumer products. And the case study essentially was about you know how um, they've invested in new technologies to increase the absorbency of nappies, which then was better for the health and well-being. It was thinner and had more absorbency for um, young um, young children or toddlers or babies, and that health and well-being aspect then also had the benefit of sustainable sourcing. So a lot of the, the new technology and increasing absorbency was actually based on a more um, uh, renewable sourcing of the, of, of, the, um, of the nappy, which then reduces the waste. Um, so it was, a, again, the virtuous cycle of innovation leading to you know, positive commercial and social impact. You, you then visited three different uh, companies uh, operating in the social investment space. Right. So um, they were the Acumen Fund, Big Society Capital, and Pearson Affordable Learning Fund. Priya, what were the differences and what did you learn from each organization? Um, so the organization that we visited first was Acumen. Acumen is a $80 million nonprofit social venture fund. Um, it operates in India, Pakistan, East Africa, West Africa, and Latin America. And they essentially have a base of the pyramid investment strategy. So they look at um, investing at the early stage um, using patient capital, um, which is their sort of long-term means of, of deploying um, equity instruments. And they look at a broad range of sectors, so agriculture, healthcare, education, clean energy, or just examples, um, so across different value chains. Um, by contrast, Pearson Affordable Learning Fund, which is a relatively new fund, um, I think it was launched um, about uh, a year and a half ago, they also look at early stage investments, but in the education sector only. So they're part of the larger um, uh, LLP of Pearson. And um, 
They are a $15 million social venture fund, and so their main kind of USP is looking at low-cost, affordable private schools. So our, our uh, MBA group actually had a unique opportunity to do a case study on, um, on what area, what sort of aspects would we look at when investing into an educational um, you know, school chain in India, and we, we went through all the different value drivers for that, which is very interesting. Um, and the third organization we visited was Big Society Capital, which is essentially a 600 million pound social investment fund, which is the first um, UK sort of social investment fund or wholesaler uh, focused on UK social enterprises. As Priya touched on, you know, the three different sort of social investment um, funds and you know, one of the key differences is their geography focus. So Acumen and Pearson are more um, focused on developing countries. Big Society um, is very much UK government-led and focused on UK um, in the UK market. In terms of investment focus, Pearson is very much an education um, fund, you know, given the backing from the Pearson Group. Um, Acumen has a slightly broader mandate within developing countries, whether it's agriculture, health, education, clean tech. And I guess big society is, is kind of more broader at, um, uh, across the sectors in the UK. In terms of the size of the fund and the source of funds, is quite different as well. So as um, Priya touched on, you know, Acumen has um, a lot of um, philanthropy and foundation um, uh, in its funding, and it's about $80 million fund. Big society is government-backed, and it very much is a wholesale um, you know, provider of financing, and that's a much bigger scale as well. And Pearson is, you know, corporate funded by the groups. So they're all quite different models, but um, and I, I guess the other key difference is that Acumen and Pearson um, do have more of a hands-on approach and are much more involved in not just funding but the support for and the investors and entrepreneurs. Whereas again, Big Society is more of a you know social investment wholesaler, which which almost acts as a you know as an enabler of other funds in the UK. But I think it's worth noting that while you know they have different business models and different funding sources, they all are focused on the same um, objective, which is you know to drive positive financial and social impact, and um, and to be able to measure that impact, I think is a key focus of all three um, funds. And ultimately, I think they do want to foster greater um, you know investment into the impacting investing sector. So I think they have a common vision. So. Lastly, you visited Unlimited. So could you tell us a bit more about what is Unlimited? They focus on investing in the individual entrepreneur through incubation um, of their idea and sort of taking them all the way from, you know, idea to sort of seed funding stage. Um, they're also another big focus is peer-to-peer -peer learning. So they back about 1,000 people on their core program, and each each entrepreneur learns from the other entrepreneur in terms of that mentorship system, which is very organic and very kind of well-fostered. Um, they also, on that vein, they help entrepreneurs to stimulate their networks um, here in the UK, and many of these entrepreneurs come from, you know, disadvantaged backgrounds across um, different uh, sort of areas um, within the country. Um, and then they have this concept of positive social capital that they're keen to kind of um, instill um, along all of their operations and what they do. And Kia will add a little bit more about their new focuses that they're looking at. Um, thanks, Priya. So I think it's important to note the unlimited model um, has been working quite successfully in the UK um, at that sort of seed capital stage of providing um, very first sort of grants for a lot of social entrepreneurs, or as they also call it, community entrepreneurs that are very local and very regional focused, but you know driving change in um, each of their local communities. Um, 
Um, having said that, they have successfully um, expanded their model um, to um, global markets, for example, unlimited India, South Africa, Thailand, China. And so I think there is um, uh, a, a greater focus and a greater um, acknowledgement that this um, capacity building and seed capital model is, um, is something that can be rolled out into other markets. Um, and, and in addition, I think um, Unlimited have been successful in broadening the ecosystem and having greater alliances with both companies and universities. And I think they're trying to um, be, um, you know, a, a central, um, uh, you know, uh, repository and a central sort of um, facilitator for um, a lot of these capacity building. And um, so, last question. I'm going to force you to uh, generalize here, but you visited you know, a wide range of organizations from MNCs like Unilever to social investors to capacity builders. So how do you see these different types of organizations coming together to solve a particular social issue? I think partnerships between, um, you know, multinational social investor capacity builders, it's it's going to be increasing in terms of the the partnerships that um, each of these um, organizations will have. I think um, the the complexity and the challenges um, facing, um, you know, societies around the world are becoming more and more interrelated. And so I think, you know, while each, you know, player has different investment mandate and strategy, funding size, skill sets, I think that can be quite complementary in, in how they tackle um, major sort of social um, challenges. The idea of partnerships, um, you know, within this ecosystem is so vitally important. Um, I actually did an executive program with the Global Institute for Tomorrow in Hong Kong, and they have done a similar study um, working with Unilever on launching cleaning appliances, so hand-washing liquids in sort of very um, small rural areas of of Asia, such as Cambodia, where basically um, introducing appliances like this can really tackle the issues of sanitation that these these areas um, face. And um, a big company coming in, introducing an innovation like this, and then watching the ripple effects, how this can, um, you know, take on in terms of the entrepreneurial landscape. Um, other sort of local entrepreneurs trying to implement similar kinds of innovation can be really attractive for impact investors who then come in um, in the, later on in the, in the in the sort of the time scale and um, uh, invest in those similar kinds of enterprises. And then looking at the sustainability of that ecosystem in general, if other education enterprises are coming up impact investors like Pearson can also get involved and then looking at the entire um, you know blueprint of that model uh, a similar kind of approach can be taken in the UK with with an investor like big society capital so each player can learn from from a particular experience that you know one player has started out with um, in in an emerging market or in in a developed market Um, and that similar approach can be taken in, in all different sectors. So clean energy, education, healthcare, agriculture. We're really focused on understanding the sort of end user and, and the importance of partnerships in each of these operations. Um, and Kia is just going to add a little note on, on the dissemination of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also worth um, pointing out the importance of you know, governments and public sector organizations. I think a lot of these big issues... Um, that both developed and developing countries are facing, you know, clean energy, education, health, agriculture, um, a lot of them require the um, collaboration between private, public, nonprofit, and this growing um, social um, entrepreneurship or social investment investment space, which, you know, I, I really think fills the gap between a lot of these traditional sectors, and I think there's a lot of opportunities in, in addressing that gap. And I think it's also important to note, um, as Priya touched on, that 
I think there's a growing trend towards open sourcing and dissemination of ideas, and it's about scaling the idea and, and really focus on growing the pie first and having an impact first rather than trying to slice the pie that's already quite small. And I think the benefit of doing that is that it ultimately brings greater um, capital and you know financial capital, human capital, intellectual capital into the sector from, um, from all these different stakeholders, and I think that can only be a, a good thing for the future. Thanks very much, uh, Kia and Priya. That was a very fascinating overview of the organizations that you visited. And I, I'm personally very excited to see what you and the other MBA students who went on this trek, uh, what you'll do after the MBA in terms of so this space of social impact investing. Thanks very much.